0: Hello everybody, welcome back to the show Today my guest is Moritz Vershta Moitz is a beekeeper from South Africa, and he's going to be telling us all about this bee that they've got over there, the Apis mellifera scutellata. That is the bee that is well-known in America for being the Africanized honeybee. They came to Brazil in the 1950s and spread their way through South America all the way up to the United States in about the 1980s, and it's a very aggressive bee, really good producer of honey. And Moritz is going to tell us all about what it's like to work with that bee. So, hope you enjoy this episode. Moritz Svershter, welcome
1: to the show. Well, thanks for having me.
0: Excellent. Now, Moritz, I've uh, in my podcast, I like to start off with a funny beekeeping story. Have you got one that you'd like to share with us today?
1: Well, I've got one when I was basically just first starting out about four years ago now. And um, I I started out with, you know, making my own suits and stuff because, you know, there wasn't, I didn't really get um, to know a place or anybody. I haven't made any contact just to get to know where I can buy all my equipment. So the thing is, I made my own suits, but the funniest thing is I made my own little smoker. So it was basically like an old, um, thin, uh, old paint tin can that I took in a uh, like a small hand bicycle pump, which I used to blow the smoke inside off. And I was busy with uh, one of my first removals ever, you know, just out of an old water meter that the municipality was going to poison. And so I was just going out there, you know, trying to save the bees, do the right thing. But the thing is, my smoker broke midway, and then uh, one of the other more experienced beekeepers drove uh, drove by, and he saw this what's going on, and he helped me out on my first removal ever. So yes, well, he that's was basically nice my my <laughs> knight in shining armor.
0: He's like he's he's a guy whose spoke is not working and his uh, bike tires are flat too. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: yeah, but yeah, some, no, no, uh, that's uh, nice and, of him. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and he helped me out there.
0: Yeah, great. Oh well that's that's it's nice to have friends in the beekeeping keeping community, that's for sure. Yes, now we what's it like keeping
1: sorry? Yeah, we became uh we became very good friends after that.
0: Oh, excellent. Now i yeah, that's great to hear. So, what's it like keeping bees in Johannesburg? You've got this bee there called the Apis mellifera scutellata. Is that how I pronounce it?
1: Yes, scutellata. We just usually call them scuts, just for short.
0: Oh, scuts. Okay, that's a cool name. So, can you tell us a little bit about what it's like working with them? Now, just uh, before you do that, actually, I'll just let the listeners know. This is the bee that was taken to Brazil in the 50s. And it sort of escaped, it was in a research program, and it's escaped and became the Africanized bee, which spread across South America and then again, and then up into the United States. So sometimes people call them killer bees. Uh, What do you think about that, Moritz?
1: Is that that an apt name? It's a very accurate name, yes, because they (laughs) can be very, very aggressive at times especially now during the winter when we have our um, seasonal aloe flows. The bees, we don't know why. There still has to be some research done on it, but the bees get extremely aggressive on the aloes. Right.
0: So in general, are you able to work with these bees without a suit on
1: ever? No, no. You could never chance it without a suit.
0: Right. So, and what about gloves? Do you always have to wear gloves as well?
1: I always do wear gloves, but the thing is, there is like one or two colonies in my operation that I maybe could work without gloves, but I wouldn't risk it. Yeah,
0: that's pretty full on, isn't it? Have you ever had experience with any other type of uh, subspecies of
1: Apis mellifera? Um, We've got the Apis mellifera capensis, which is uh, the cape bee. Um, I did a tour about last year, December, and we were down there and we worked with those bees and they are so calm against our bees because the thing is most of the guys there work without gloves and some of the um, beekeepers there when they do pollination they just go with their gumboots and their hive tool and their smoke and they can work the bees like that
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so just for listeners here this is they call this bee the Cape Bee and I believe it's just around Cape Town in South Africa is that right?
1: Yes, it's at the very southern parts of South Africa. There's a very small region where they um, are indigenous. But the thing is, the Cape bee, um, most of them have now learned how to clone themselves. And when they get into our hives, they actually take over the uh, the hive. These uh, Cape bees or black bees, because uh, they're naturally very dark in color, they uh, mimic the queen pheromone. And so they kick the original queen out or they kill her or... We're not exactly sure what they do, but the, the black bees take over. And then she lays eggs, which, uh, like I said, is clones. So she doesn't need any sperm or anything to create more of her worker bees because she's a worker bee. And then they take over the hive. And then usually we have to kill those hives off. Right.
0: So just once again, if a cape bee comes in contact with one of your hives, they take it over. Yes. Is, and
1: so what, is that a bad thing? Why, why wouldn't you like that? Um, because the thing is, um, they um, in our hives, those bees become lazy. They all uh, become queens, essentially. And there's no new yes. workforce. And then eventually the old workforce dies out. And when they die out, those bees from that colony that was infected now spreads to other colonies. So it just creates a bigger issue each time.
0: Right. So the Cape bee, is there any disadvantages to working with the Cape bee as opposed um, to the uh, skuts, as you said before?
1: Yeah, it depends where you are. If it's in uh, in Lata territory, it's usually considered a pest. But in the Cape area, they're very gentle, they're very calm. It's a very good working bee.
0: Yes. Okay. So why wouldn't you use the cape bee more often around Johannesburg if it's so calm to work with? Does it just not produce as well?
1: The thing is, we don't know why, but the thing is, we can't get an established colony of cape bees in our area to work. Like I said, they all become uh, clonal uh, and they all become these mimic queens. They don't become a productive colony. They all become like, uh, like these leeches, basically. They they just take over the other hives and they don't produce anything.
0: Yeah, and they and and so in the Cape Town area, this is not the case. Yes, uh, it's that's we, that's so interesting. I wonder it why that is.
1: We, it, we reckon it's something to do with humidity and the, but the biggest thing they suspect is because of the magnetic field is a bit different itself uh, and it might affect how the bees' genetics and everything works. Uh, in the area so we don't know why but it's just this case
0: that's really interesting and so when if you look at a map of south africa and i've seen a map um, of these two regions before there's sort of a, a buffer region where both of them are existing but then it there's just a really small area where the cape bee is existing so i wonder what it's like in that the are, is there a mountain range that stops it or or what is it is there some type of land barrier that that is in between the two species
1: um it's um it's yes it's mostly the mountain ranges the uh, i don't know if you know the Drakensberg mountains they stretch over that and that's uh, it's, so it's more like a physical barrier that stops it
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. So, because uh, scutellata is, is so aggressive, what type of precautions do you have to take in working with them?
1: Well, before we work with the bees, we always make sure that we are properly sealed up around our legs with our gum boots. We make sure we put tape or some kind of elastic so the bees can't crawl in there and sting our feet or ankles. We make sure um, our veils are zipped up properly. You're tucked in everywhere. You make sure... There's no gaps or uh, holes in your suit that that can come in and sting you.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting. I've Um, seen a couple of videos that you've put up on your social media um, of working with them, and they do seem pretty full on.
1: Yes. And another thing is working with the scutellatas, we have to, uh, a good rule of thumb is to smoke and wait five minutes before you work with it. So that smoke can just go through the hive and they can all signal. That there's a fire coming, and they all go and they fill up their tummies with honey, and then they mm. can't really sing as much, and they're more lethargic because they're heavier and they can't fly as fast.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's how we do it as well. But it's it's so interesting how how much more aggressive that particular strain is. And as I said before, they they do have the reputation in the Americas as being a killer bee, um, the Africanized bee. It's also called
1: Yes, really interesting stuff. We we do have a few cases each year, of people getting stung to death, um, because they, um, a lot of times these people don't allow, have a lot of money and they try and kill the bees or remove the bees themselves, and oftentimes these people are not informed of how to work our bees, and then oftentimes mm. they get killed.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's that's shocking. That's 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 awful to hear. That that's yes. what happens. But that's you're you're doing this as a job, as part of your job. You're removing these bees, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, and how do you find that?
1: Well, sometimes it's a lot of work because the thing is, our houses. It's not like when you look at the American houses. It's just basically, I always call it like these Lego houses because it's basically just the wooden structure and everything is like just screwed or hammered on top of it. But our most of our houses here are built with brick and mortar and cement. So it's very difficult oftentimes to remove these bees because you have to hire a jackhammer or get the sledgehammer out to, in order to break the bricks or the wall open in order to remove these bees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a lot of right. physical intensive labor to get some of these bees out.
0: Mm. Now, one of the plus sides of Scooter is um, in reading through some of the studies of Africanized bees in the United States, apparently they're very, very good producers of honey. Is that, would you agree
1: with that? Well, I would, but the thing is, I've only worked with our bee, but yes, I would say they're all pretty good producers. Yes, if I look at how the average colony and how much honey they can produce, they're all pretty good producers.
0: Hmm. Now, is there anyone in South Africa who's trying to breed a calmer version of Scutellata?
1: Not that I'm aware of. No. They did try in the 80s getting, I'm not sure exactly which strain, but they tried to get some European bees in South Africa and tried to breed them uh, to get more calmer bees, like you said. But the bees just didn't fare well. They died out within a few weeks. So, yeah, that fell flat on its Mm. face.
0: Mm. Well, that's also when you look into the Africanized bees in the United States, uh, they sort of they seem to be a fitter bee as well. You know, yes. they in a, in an area they do outcompete other bees.
1: Yes, but the thing is, with our bees, they have a shorter gestation cycle uh, because they breed out um, out of the caps a day or two earlier against other bees. So the thing is, the Varomite right. doesn't have that much of a chance to uh, breed so much and the thing is our bees most of them are considered wild because there's not many genetic mutations or they haven't been messed with genetically at all basically so a lot of them have this wild tendency and uh, in this wild tendency they're very clean so they groom themselves a lot so we don't have to worry about the varroa mites at all here in South Africa
0: Really? You don't have to treat them? Do you Do you even have them? Have you seen them?
1: Um I have seen mites in my colonies before, but like I said, it's only like one or two in the few dozen colonies. You know, just see them
0: very wow. rare. Wow. That's really interesting. I wasn't aware of that. I, I did... I did know that there was varroa mites in Africa, but I haven't often heard that it's a big issue, and that I never understood the reason why. So that that is the reason. That's really interesting. So, yes. do you even have to do any form of treatment for varroa mite? No, not at all. Wow. Okay. So you're not even you're not even recording the amount of mites that you have.
1: No, it's basically just a waste of time when you're doing that. There's no
0: reason. to. Wow, that's really interesting because it's a big issue. Um, around other parts of the world, in Europe, in North America, it's a massive problem, and where we've just got it in Australia last year for the first time. So we're really scrambling to find out um, what we should do. Yes. Maybe we should get a scudalator in Australia.
1: No, I'm yes, kidding. but <laughs> but I don't think a lot of people would want to do that because of the aggressiveness of the bees. Yeah, no, That's no, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I
0: think we'll we'll, we'll try and deal with it another way. Um, that's really interesting so um <clears throat> tell us more about how you got into raising your own queens
1: well it, I'm I'm more of a guy like if I see something I want to try it that's I, I'm always up for a new challenge so I've been doing bees for about I was doing bees for about two years at that stage and then I saw these online videos I don't know if you know him um is a bee guy in uh, Tennessee came in Reynolds Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: great videos.
1: Of um, producing queens, and I thought, you know what, I'll give this a shot. The first Mm -hmm. time I failed horribly, I only made two queens out of a theoretically 45, and you know, I just tried and tried again, and eventually I became very good at it.
0: Excellent, yeah, I I use his um, pollen patty recipe.
1: Yes, yes, very good. Yeah. Yeah, very high in protein.
0: Yeah, yeah. So the same recipe he uses—that's uh, what I use in uh, with my bees over summer. So he—he's got a great video of him mixing it up in a big bucket, and he uses a, a drill with a, a big sort of—I don't know—some type of specialty mixer on the drill. I thought that was really cool. I just use a wooden spoon, but it's—it's a—it's a really good recipe. Now he he, he has really good videos, um, Cayman Reynolds.
1: Yes, it's really. Uh- Oh, it's really good at educating the public. But also, if you look how calm his bees are, I, we could never do that yet. And oftentimes, yeah. when I see, like he says, oh, there's a bee in my veil, he takes his veil off and just shakes the bee out, and none of the bees come and sting him in the face immediately. I'm just like, I wish, hey? <laughs> I wish.
0: <laughs> and so, now that you've been doing it a few years, uh, how do you find the experience of Raising queens is is going from year to year. Do you think uh,
1: you're enjoying it? You'll continue doing it? Yes, I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, The last batch I did, I um, grafted 40 queens and I got 36 to come out. So, yeah, I'm very happy with my results. Yeah, and you've been selling them to the public in the Johannesburg area, is that right? Uh, There isn't much in Johannesburg, but I have sold to a few um, to a guy in the northwest uh, province. Excellent, yeah. And is that
0: where you're, you're doing pollination up there now, aren't you?
1: No, we're doing pollination in Mpumalanga, So that's a different province. That's more north, uh, northeast.
0: Yeah, and so how's that
1: going? Um, it's going well. We've uh, talked to the farmers now. We're going to move our bees there end of July.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. So... Moritz, do you want to tell us a little bit more about your business? You've got a business called Honey Badger Bees. Do you want to tell us what you're doing with that?
1: Yes. So it basically started out, like I said, with the bee removals. And then, like I said, I built up my wax collection and I was sitting with these literal like 10 or so big blocks of wax. And I thought, you know, what, what could I do? So I went on Pinterest, I had a look and I saw all of these people doing all these natural things with the wax they use. Uh, the, like I say, the beeswax, and they use things like coconut oil, shea butter, olive oil, all natural butters and oils. They make a lot of these fantastical face creams and lip ices and all this kinds of stuff. So that's what I've started doing now. And that, that has been doing very, very well, especially at the markets lately.
0: Ah, fantastic. So um, you, you're you also saying that you're working a lot with propolis as well. Is that right?
1: Yes, because the thing is, our bees are propolis warders. Like um, the other day, I scraped out a, an old super and I got 114 grams out of one super. So yes, that's just how our bees are. They're crazy on the propolis.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. So have you found uh, that in South Africa, it's, it's it's there's a good market for propolis? So you find yeah. that people, yeah. Okay, do you want to tell yeah. us a bit about that?
1: Well, people are, especially here in South Africa, uh, people are wanting to go back to more natural remedies. They want to um, wean off more of the, like, you know, the chemical plastic stuff, you know, because there's a big uh, change now to go back to more natural stuff. And the propolis is a natural product. So a lot lot of people want that now. But it's also very good for killing um, infections, like uh, if you have, like, a, Scratch his throat, you just spray some of the propolis in your throat and within two or three days you're, you're fine again and it's also a very good natural antibiotic but the other thing is um, what people have realised, it's very good for spider bites, especially like our more venomous spiders they uh, start to get a necrosis around where the spider bite was and the propolis creams helps for that it, it stops the necrosis and within a few weeks your skin is basically back to normal
0: Wow! Yeah, that's fantastic. We probably we've got a bit of a spider issue here in Australia, so I'm not sure if people are aware of that. I might I might have to look into that. Thanks for that tip.
1: Yeah, well, because the thing is, it's um, it's got the natural healing properties. It helps to um, rebuild the cells, and basically helps to rejuvenate the cells and tells the body uh, it must create more cells and heal the body, basically.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Alright Moretz, is there anything else you'd like to have a chat about today
1: before we wrap it up? Um, no I think maybe um about the honey production this year. Uh, how's oh, your yeah. honey, tell us a little bit in, about that. I mean that side. You said there's a lot of rain that uh, this year there. Yeah.
0: I think, I mean, because we were talking about, and it was about a year ago, and I was saying how it just doesn't stop raining, and uh, after that, I had the wettest spring slash early summer ever. I was, uh, I was getting bogged in all my bee sites. I was actually walking into most of them just with a wheelbarrow because it was so wet, so we didn't do so well leading into summer um, with our honey production, but after summer, sort of late summer, early February, we did pretty well after that okay that's good yeah Mm. but but there's
1: been a lot of rain in the last few years yes yes i see now here in south africa we've basically got double our rain uh, that we normally get but the honey production has been fantastic some of the guys have got two to three times the normal amounts of honey they get each year
0: yep yep yeah well it's it's as i said once the rain finally stopped we did really well so that was that was fantastic
1: Yes. Mm. All
0: right. Well, thanks a lot for joining me today, Moritz. It's been a while. We've been uh, trying to do this interview for for about a year now, and we just haven't managed to to find a time. So thanks for coming on today, and uh, have a great season coming up.
1: Well, same to you.
0: All right. Thanks so much. Bye. Okay.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: Okay, well how good was that having a chat with Moritz. Really interesting episode talking about the Apis mellifera scutellata or scoots as he called it. Now I wasn't aware that they don't have an issue with varroa with Apis mellifera scutellata. Apparently they come out of the cell a couple of days early and they're very hygienic. So Moritz said he's he's not even treating them. He's not he's not recording them. It's not an issue. He said he's seen varroa but not a big issue at all. So I wasn't aware of that, and uh, I'm not sure if many people are aware of that. Really, really interesting. Okay, so if you want to get in touch with Moritz, go and check him out on Honey Badger Bees over there in South Africa. He's on Facebook. And if you want to get in touch with me, you can at nixonqueenbees.com.au. And until next time, thanks so much for tuning in.